0: Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you every weekday. Now here's your host.
1: Do Hongyu with you on this Tuesday, December 26, 2023. You're listening to the Beijing Hour, coming to you live from the Chinese capital. On today's program, the Israeli War Cabinet is discussing the hostage situation. Demonstrators are back to the streets of Belgrade against the alleged election fraud in Serbia. A major transportation hub in the Guangdong, Hong Kong, Macau, Greater Bay area has reopened. In business, China's plan to promote common prosperity through digital economy. In sports, the Denver Nuggets beat the Warriors in Christmas Day games. In culture and entertainment, artworks made of soil on display in Shanghai. Now, today's top stories. Israel's war cabinet is discussing the hostage situation. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu made an unannounced trip to troops in Gaza and vowed to keep up the fight against Hamas. Egyptian security forces say Hamas and its ally have rejected Cairo's plan to exchange control in Gaza for permanent ceasefire. However, both militant groups denied the sources' claims. Meanwhile, Israeli bombardment has resulted in the deadliest day in Gaza since the conflict began in October, where 250 Palestinians died over 24 hours on Christmas. The families of Hamas hostages have gathered at the main gate of the Israeli Defense Ministry complex in Tel Aviv, pressuring cabinet ministers to negotiate deals for the release of hostages.
2: I don't know who is going to come, but if it will be the prime minister, I will tell him that he is responsible to what happened in October 7. And he needs to fix it. He needs to bring them back as
3: soon as possible because they don't have any time over there in the tunnels and their lives are in danger.
1: Hamas took more than 200 hostages after it launched a surprise raid into southern Israel on October 7th. It's demanded the release of Palestinian prisoners in exchange for the hostages. A UN humanitarian team leader says many Palestinians in Gaza are facing difficulties in finding a safe place in the enclave. Jamal Connell says the Israeli army has designated certain areas for the Palestinians, who have only found there's little space left. She described what she saw as a human chessboard, where thousands have been displaced many times and are on the run again without guarantee for a safe destination. Israel has been urged to take further steps to minimize civilian harm by identifying safe areas and clearing humanitarian routes for people to escape. Harrison has more about the people fleeing to central and southern Gaza.
4: The IDF pointed at Rafah City as the safe area for the Palestinians displaced people to take uh, shelter uh, in its uh, camps. Uh, so at the same time, there is intensive battles here on the ground and specifically talking about Middle Gaza, Al-Maghazi refugee camp, al burej refugee camp, Al-Balah al refugee camp. All of these camps are located in an area that we call Middle Gaza and it's separate separating northern Gaza from southern Gaza and apparently the same scenario of the Israeli land incursion that happened in northern Gaza and in southern Gaza is now newly happening in uh, middle Gaza overnight non-stop bombings shillings exchange fire according to Israeli media 300 missiles and 85 uh, strikes hit the camps and cities around middle Gaza uh, overnight Palestinian do feel that this is a new Israeli encouraging in Middle Gaza in order to separate Gaza to three parts, northern, middle, and southern Gaza.
1: That was Norherazin in Gaza. Refugees from the camp in Yunus are in urgent need of the most basic necessities, including food. Khalid Kanan says the shortages affect at least 60 percent of the 30,000 refugees based in the camp.
5: We have got no bread to eat. There's nothing here. No flour, no blankets. At the Khan Yuni's refugee camp, people are often barely clothed.
1: He adds that many people injured by Israeli bombings are unable to receive treatment due to the lack of health care supplies and necessary medication. Kanan also says those more vulnerable are, are facing health risks at the camp
5: due to the limited facilities. We all face obstacles and difficulties in life. When I wake up, I need to go to the bathroom. But I can go whenever I want. I have to wait an hour. Okay, I can put up with it. But what about a diabetic person? What should they do? It's a serious issue. What can they do? It's a terrible situation.
1: The UN estimates that around 1.9 million people in Gaza have been displaced since the conflict broke out in October. That's 85% of the total population of the Strip. Some shipping companies have announced plans to resume operations in the Red Sea despite Houthi attacks in the area. Hostilities along the shipping route have forced some firms to reroute their vessels, resulting in longer transportation time and higher costs. Murray has more
6: well we are starting to see i suppose you could say the results of this major international naval operation which is being led by the us it's called operation prosperity guardian it essentially includes over a dozen countries working to try and safeguard those vital shipping lanes between the red sea and the gulf of aden an extremely important route for global trade around 12 percent of global trade traverses those waters every year and it is really the main shipping highway between Europe and Asia. Uh, We are seeing now that some of those container ship companies and and traders are beginning to return to those waters after initially saying they were suspending traffic because of those Houthi attacks. Maersk, uh, the world's biggest shipping container company, announced that it would once again begin sending ships through the Suez Canal, through the Gulf of Aden. Uh, But we are also seeing tensions continuing to be red hot there. The US Navy saying in the past uh, couple of days that the Houthis actually launched a direct attack on one of their ships, sending kamikaze drones towards the USS Laboon. And they say they were able to shoot down all four of those drones, but it does show that tensions on those waters still remain very high.
1: That was Trent Murray reporting. Coming up, demonstrators are back to the streets of Belgrade against the alleged election fraud in Serbia.
4: Dive into news like never before with Deep Dive,
2: the podcast from CGTN Radio. Join our global reporters for captivating stories and thought-provoking conversations. Search Deep Dive on your favorite podcast platforms and get ready to dive in. It's eight
1: minutes past the hour. Demonstrators have returned to the streets of Belgrade to protest against the alleged fraud in Serbia's general election. The opposition has been staging daily protests since the ruling party claimed victory earlier this month. Supporters of the opposition stormed the city council building and demanded the election results be annulled. Police say they have detained dozens of people. Ariyusa Milinkovic has more from Belgrade.
0: Fewer people turned out than on Sunday evening, but the demonstrators made the same demands. In front of the state election commission, they asked for all election results to be annulled, while Serbian authorities rejected the allegations. Many people remain convinced that the ruling SNS party tampered with a voter list rigging the election results. We came here this evening
3: in peace, and this will remain peaceful. But that won't last forever. The wall is behind us, and against it, we are concerned. In front of us are police cordons.
0: Despite of the heated rhetoric, there was no reported violence incident in Belgrade. And earlier in the day, the Serbian police chief held a press conference accusing the protesters of organizing Sunday's violence against police guarding some of the state institutions.
7: Members of the Ministry of Interior were under attack for three hours. They withheld from intervening, hoping the violence would not escalate and that the bullies will stop with their attacks. During that time, eight police officers were
0: injured. Students joined the protests by blocking some key Belgrade streets for several hours, creating massive traffic jams around the city. And while the internal tensions in the country are seemingly under control, the Russian ambassador to Serbia said in a televised interview that there was, and I'll quote, irrefutable evidence that these demonstrations are being orchestrated by the West. Serbian President Aleksandar Vucic says his government is under attack by foreign political factors instigating the unrest.
1: That was Alyosa Milinkovic in the Serbian capital. A week after a strong earthquake in northwest China, people in affected regions have returned to their homes to assess the damage and rebuild their houses. They are doing that with the help of rescue forces and volunteers. Lucy Ray spoke with some residents about the devastation and their plans to resume their normal lives.
2: Chenjia village is one of the worst hit regions in Jishishan County. The earthquake has caught people off guard when it struck before the midnight of December 18th. It has damaged and flattened houses, homes of more than 2,000 residents here. Locals say they have never experienced anything like this before. Adobe houses are common in the villages of northeastern China. But the memory of the earthquake that struck here is still fresh in Magahu's mind. The happy memories he shared with his family are now replaced with flashbacks from that horrible
8: night. I was so scared. I carried my grandson and put him here, and then I came back to get my wife, who'd already fallen because things had collapsed onto her.
2: Mahe Mai is hardly able to recognize his home. The door to his bedroom can no longer be opened. On the night of the earthquake, He Mai and his family had to climb through a window to escape into the darkness. Among them, a 40-day-old baby and an 80-year-old woman. Locals say 95% of the residents in Chenjia village are Muslims. Their mosque has been badly damaged, so daily prayers have moved to the parking lot in front of the building despite a freezing minus 10 degrees Celsius.
7: The mosque was built in 2002 and renovated in 2007. It was supposed to last longer.
5: It's too cold to pray outside,
7: and will be too hot in the summer. The damage to the mosque has really disrupted our life. We hope the government helps us to rebuild it soon.
2: 22 people died on the night of the earthquake. All of them have been dug out from the rubble by the bare hands of their neighbors and given a proper burial. The imam of the village cried throughout recent prayers. From the perspective of his religion, he says tears and a making heart will make Allah protect them and their homeland.
3: The effect
7: of the disaster is too big for people here. So I pray for the peace of these people, the peace of my country and that of the world. We're all human beings, even though we have different religions and faith. When others suffer, we feel pain. When we suffer, others come to help us too. The government has especially helped a lot after the earthquake. They've done a lot of work.
2: The village is currently filled with rescue teams from across China. Government and volunteer groups have flooded here to help relocate villagers and rebuild their lives. There's still a long way to go before things return to normal. But at least the locals know they're not alone. That was Lucy Ray in Gansu province.
1: Celebrations to welcome the new year is modest in Hatay province of Turkey, as survivors of the deadly earthquake in February are still mourning the victims and those missing. Nilei Sirin still sleeps in a container with her children, as the earthquake damaged many of the stone houses in her village. She says the sorrow of the earthquake is casting a shadow over the holiday season. In my
9: opinion, I see this as a mourning new year. Shortly after entering the new year, the anniversary of the earthquake will come. I can't celebrate. We had so many losses, known and unknown. We had so many losses in Nantaka, and in Samanda, there are still those missing who haven't been found. When we think of this, we can't put entertainment
1: on top of mourning. The 7.7-magnitude earthquake struck the southern parts of Turkey on February 6, killing tens of thousands of people and toppling countless buildings. With a long history and abundant cultural relics, Hatayya is one of the Turkish provinces devastated by the earthquake. Shootings have marred the holiday season in parts of the United States. There have been more than 600 mass shootings so far this year, that each killed or injured at least four people. And that number is still growing. Both Colorado and Florida saw weakened shootings. Jim Spellman has more.
10: U.S. malls are typically crowded in the days before Christmas, but it seems no place is safe from gun violence in the U.S., even during the Christmas season. In Colorado Springs, one person is dead and three injured. We got a call of shots fired here at the Citadel Mall behind me as best as we can tell at this point. There were two groups of individuals that were engaged in a fight uh, when the shooting started. This was not an active shooter situation. This appears to have started again as uh, an incident between two groups of people. Police detained several people from the groups involved. At a mall in Ocala, Florida, a shooter killed one man and injured a woman on Saturday.
6: There was a, a shooting that took place uh, inside the mall uh, that uh, we believe was possibly a targeted act of violence. Uh, at this point in time, we have confirmed uh, one adult male has uh, passed away from gunshot wounds inside the mall in a common area. We have a secondary victim uh, with a gunshot to her leg. She is being treated at a local hospital and is expected to survive uh those injuries,
10: according to the Gun Violence Archive, a nonprofit group that collects data on shootings, more than 42,000 people in the U.S. have been killed by gun violence in 2023 so far. That number will likely rise through the final week of the year.
1: That was Jim Spellman reporting. COVID-19 cases are again surging in some countries in Southeast Asia as millions are traveling during the holiday season. Ray Meltzer reports from Kuala Lumpur.
11: There may not be much of a winter in this part of Southeast Asia, so close to the equator, but Malaysia, Singapore, and Indonesia are all seeing year-end COVID surges. Not that many Malaysians or overseas visitors are letting that dampen their festive spirit as they flock to Kuala Lumpur's countless shopping malls. Many are masked, but then many Malaysians never abandon their masks, even when COVID numbers were negligible. Malaysia has seen a sharp rise this month in hospital admissions and the number of people in intensive care due to COVID. After many weeks this year, when there were no deaths from COVID, an average of two to three people a day in Malaysia have been dying from the disease in December, higher than in Singapore or Indonesia, but still a fraction of the pandemic peak. Malaysia's health minister is encouraging people, especially the vulnerable, to get booster shots and strongly recommending people mask up in crowded places
10: Malaysia is currently facing a sudden increase in COVID-19 cases we acknowledge the health ministry hopes that the situation can be overcome
11: without having to repeat any of the restrictions that we saw during the pandemic that's a relief to Malaysians
12: I think government has educated the people enough so it's up to people to make a wise decision
11: It's, it's a good decision to to leave it to people whether they want to wear masks or otherwise.
12: Healthcare centers like
13: clinic, hospital uh, should enforce wearing masks.
11: December's leap in infections, but far less sharp rise in serious illness and death, is giving Malaysia and its neighbors their first view of what endemic COVID looks like. And the people in these countries do now seem ready to adapt to periodic surges of COVID 19.
1: That was Rai Maltar in Malaysia. You're listening to The Beijing Hour. Coming up, a major transportation hub in the Guangdong, Hong Kong, Macau, Greater Bay Area has reopened.
7: Ever wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African? How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China-Africa Talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get on our wavelength every week to find out what's real with China Africa Talk. Find us on your favorite podcast. We'll see you there.
1: It's 19 minutes past the hour. A key transportation hub in southern China's Greater Bay Area has reopened after undergoing a major upgrade. Guangzhou Baiyun Railway Station is one of Asia's largest facility of its kind. Cao Chufeng tells us about the revamped station and how it helps with the development of the Guangdong, Hong Kong, Macau, Greater Bay Area.
14: The seven-floor station building features 21 passenger platforms, 21 arrival and departure lines. Now, actually, the station now is more than just a railway station. It's a comprehensive transportation hub. bus stations, tourist Bus terminals, subway lines are all at its doorstep. It is designed in such a way that after passengers disembark intra city public transport, they can walk no longer than two minutes into this station. And surrounding it are office buildings, residential buildings, uh, shopping facilities, etc. So, in fact, it is a comprehensive complex with multiple functions. Now, there is actually a Another news I want to share with you regarding uh, transportation in the Greater Bay Area. Just last weekend, over 200,000 people passed through the Hong Kong zhuhai macau Bridge, and that's setting another weekend record for this year. And among them, 18,000 single-licensed Hong Kong and Macau vehicles passed through the bridge and entered Chinese mainland. Now, the bridge is another key transportation project in the Greater Bay Area, and China is now encouraging more people to use this bridge.
1: That was Cao fund on transportation in the Greater Bay Area. One program in California is moving traditional pen pal programs online. It aims to connect people in China and the United States, as well as to build lasting friendships. Eddie San has more.
7: When the COVID-19 pandemic began, flights between China and the United States were among the first to end and the last to restart with no travel for an extended period of time. People-to-people exchanges of all kinds lagged. But an online student exchange program in Southern California has aimed to change that. The Digital Pen power program was born out of the, um, the difficulties and the challenges of uh during of the pandemic. So, it's been a it's, you know relatively new program, but it's a growing program and I think it's only going to get bigger from here. Initiative by the Long Beach Qingdao Association connects college students from Southern California with students from nine sister cities across China. That one's really fun because that you get to grow a relationship with someone, uh, you know, halfway across the world. And they, they get to talk about various topics such as like culture, food, music, or just everyday life. They could just chat and just get to know each other. And for the first time since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, a group of 10 U.S. college students will be sent to Qingdao and other Chinese cities to connect with their Chinese peers and get immersed in the local culture.
1: I think it's really important to have um, international exchanges like this program because it, um opens up your mind to a lot of possibilities a lot of um, understandings between two different like completely different cultures
7: the exchange program aims to create so-called citizen ambassadors who appreciate the need for cross-cultural understanding and it's hoped that seeds of these friendships will help strengthen ties between the US and China
1: that was Eddie Tsion in Los Angeles There is a shortage of guide dogs in the UK. The COVID pandemic halted the training of the dogs. Other factors, including Brexit, have also affected recruiting, resulting in a lack of volunteers in the fostering process. Some people have to wait for over a year to get a guide dog. Katie Logan reports.
15: Fetch phone. Meet Alex. He can pick a phone up off the floor and hand over a walking stick. Mind your brother. Thank you, Tar. Fresh from nine months of specialist training, Alex is now getting the hang of helping his new owner. He presses buttons, like access buttons, lift buttons, so he can call the lift. Uh, his favourite thing is loading and unloading the washing machine, putting it into the dryer. Amanda is a former police officer injured in the line of duty. Alex is her second assistance dog giving her more freedom. One of the biggest things is, I started to feel more like myself because I became independent, I was going out. I didn't need um, people to help me in the shops with as much things like, Alex will take things off the bottom shelf and hand it to me that I can't reach. So I didn't need to be reliant on people as much. The Support Dogs charity carries out the training Thank you. and pairs dogs with owners. It's a long process starting with socialising young puppies. And then they move to us at full-time training, about 14, 15 months old. And then we do full-time training at school and they usually go out about two, so it takes up to two years. The charity counts on volunteers for fostering during this time, but there aren't enough to meet the increased demand.
11: We have around about 5,000 requests for us work every year. Um, and when you consider, we've probably got about 100 working support dogs at the moment in the UK. There's a big, um, a big gap there.
15: But there is also huge potential for dogs to change lives. A dog like Millie can be trained to support people suffering from epilepsy, children with autism and the disabled. And even if I ask nicely, she might pick up my phone. Millie, pick up, pick up. Thank you so much. The general shortage of assistance dogs is having serious consequences with wait times of around 16 months for blind people. The charity Guide Dogs says it is slowly recovering from pandemic-related breeding delays. And elsewhere, work is being done to find out if dogs could support a wider range of health issues.
11: And weekly, um, we're getting a lot of interest from from people that have got these medical conditions that we specialise in and other medical conditions that they're contacting us about to see whether we can train a dog to support them or, or to alert them.
15: And of course, dogs also offer unconditional comfort when their owner needs it most. That was Katie Logan on Guide Dogs in the UK.
1: The Chinese capital has broken its record for hours of sub-zero temperatures in December after a cold wave brought freezing temperatures to the northern parts of the country. A weather observatory in Beijing had recorded over 300 hours of below-zero temperatures since December 11th. That's the longest since records began in 1951. The capital city has also had nine consecutive days of temperatures below minus 10 degrees Celsius. Cold air from the Arctic brought temperatures to as low as minus 40 degrees in some areas in northeastern China. Officials in Thailand say floods caused by intense rainfall have affected tens of thousands of people in the country's deep south, with some roads and railway lines forced to close. At least a dozen schools in the provinces of Yala and Narativa have also closed. More than seven boats have sunk in the Gulf of Thailand and Andaman Sea since Friday. Authorities have warned residents to be ready to evacuate if the floods worsen. Experts say bird flu is likely to spread further in the Antarctic region, causing immense damage to wildlife. The spread of highly pathogenic, Avian influenza to the remote southern region has raised concerns for isolated populations of species, such as penguins and seals. According to one report, the H5 strain of the virus was detected in early October in a brown skewer on Bird Island. Around the same time, the virus was detected on nearby islands. Now it's 28 minutes past the hour. Let's check the weather. Beijing is minus eight this evening. Wednesday will be cloudy with a high of three. Chongqing is 7 tonight, tomorrow overcast and 15. Lhasa is minus 4 overnight, tomorrow sunny and 8. Hong Kong is 14 tonight, and it'll be cloudy and 20 tomorrow. Elsewhere, Tokyo is 4 overnight, cloudy and 14 on Wednesday. Islamabad is 7 this evening, tomorrow sunny and 25. Bangkok is 22 overnight, then overcast and 31 on Wednesday. In Africa, Nairobi will see light rain with a high of 26 tomorrow. Finally to Oceania, Sydney will see light rain with a low of 19 this evening. Tomorrow also light rain with a high of 25. Auckland is 18 overnight, light rain and 23 tomorrow. Port Vila will have light rain on Wednesday with a high of 31 degrees Celsius. It's time for a short break. So far this hour, the Israeli war cabinet is discussing the hostage situation. Demonstrators are back to the streets of Belgrade against the alleged election fraud in Serbia. Dong you with you. Stay with us here on the Beijing Hour.
2: I love you.
14: I need this might be the easiest way to say I love you, since there are so many
1: other romantic expressions. No matter if
6: you're a rookie, 你好, or
16: a sophisticated learner,
1: there is definitely something that will interest you. Check out Takeaway Chinese, a world that starts with 你好.
0: Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world, this is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you every weekday. Now here's your host.
1: Do Hongyu with you on this Tuesday. Still to come, in business, China's plan to promote common prosperity through digital economy. In sports, the Denver Nuggets beat the Warriors in Christmas Day games. In culture and entertainment, artworks made of soil on display in Shanghai. To contact us, you can email radio at cgtn.com or follow our X account, formerly Twitter, at cgtnradio. But
16: first, today's headlines. Here's Zhu Tianlu. Thank you, Hong Yu. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has vowed to keep up the fight against Hamas while visiting troops in the Gaza Strip. Israeli strikes have killed over 200 Palestinians in 24 hours, one of the deadliest days of the conflict. Meantime, the United Nations says there isn't enough space for the displaced Palestinians to stay in the Israeli-designated safe zones. Many Palestinian evacuees and survivors are finding it hard to live without enough aid supplies. An Israeli missile strike in the south of Damascus has reportedly killed a senior Iranian military commander. The Syrian Observatory for Human Rights says the missiles targeted locations of Lebanese militant group Hezbollah and Iranian militias in the area. The slain Iranian military commander has been identified as Said Razi Musavi, a high-ranking general from the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. Iranian media say Mousavi was one of the longest serving IRGC advisors in Syria and the close associate of late Iranian top commander Qasem Soleimani, who was assassinated by the U.S. military in 2020. Iranian President Ibrahim Raisi has extended condolences to Mossavi's family, vowing that Israel will pay the price. A group of supporters of the Iranian government have gathered outside the president's office in Tehran, calling for vengeance after Mossav's death. Local officials say at least 160 people have been killed in central Nigeria in a series of attacks on villages. They say military gangs launched well-coordinated attacks in at least 20 different communities in the state of Plateau. More than 300 wounded have been taken to hospitals. It is the worst outbreak of violence in Plateau since May. Plateau is one of several ethnically and religiously diverse states in Nigeria. Daily vehicle crossings on the Hong kong zhuhai macau bridge have set a new record. More than 16,000 vehicles passed through the Zhuhai port, the highest since the bridge opened to traffic. More Hong Kong and Macau vehicles have been traveling to the Chinese mainland via the bridge under a northbound travel scheme. Hong Kong estimates that over 450,000 car owners and passengers will ultimately benefit from the program. Border officials say vehicles with Hong Kong and Macau license plates have made nearly 170,000 trips via the bridge so far in December, representing a 12.6 percent increase from the month before. Ukraine has celebrated Christmas as a public holiday on December the 25th for the first time. The country previously marked a Christmas in January, as is the tradition in Russia. The change was enacted in a law signed by President Volodymyr Zelensky in July. Several thousands of people have gathered in front of the Central Election Commission building in the Serbian capital to protest over the general election earlier this month. Many of them say they do not recognize the result, calling for an annulment.
4: I'm
13: not certain that the solution exists i can only hope it does that's why i'm here to support my brothers and sisters who have been robbed tricked and simply enough it has to stop at
9: some moment
0: i expect that the government facilitate new elections that's it the annulment of the votes which are indeed stolen entirely and which are totally illegitimate and illegal
16: Police have detained dozens of protesters after supporters of the Serbian opposition attempted to take over the Belgrade City Council building. The demonstration came after the coalition led by the ruling Serbian Progressive Party claimed a sweeping victory in the December 17th election by securing 46% of the votes. Opposition leaders attributed their defeat to election fraud. The ruling party has denied the allegations. The Kremlin says the protests are backed by foreign forces. Russia says the United States' attempts to unilaterally expand its territorial claims in the Arct- Arctic is unacceptable. A foreign affairs official says Moscow will take measures to secure its national interests in the polar region. The US recently published a map determining the outer limits of a big chunk of seabed in the Arctic, which it said holds many resources. The State Department claims that the borders do not create territorial disputes with Russia, but will require settlement with Canada and Japan. A fire at a shopping mall in Albania has injured 42 people. Authorities say the blaze broke out at the complex of buildings in a city 80 kilometers southwest of the capital, Tirana. The 12-story building also housed apartments at the top. 39 people living in the building were taken to the hospital with health problems. Local media attributed the cause of the fire to a spark of the electrical system of an air-conditioned unit.
1: Thank you very much. That was Zhu Tianlu with Headline News. This is Do Hongyu in the Chinese Capital. Coming up in business, China's plan to promote common prosperity through digital economy.
9: Climate Watch is
1: CGTN Radio's new podcast focusing on the impact of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the planet we call home. It's 36 minutes past the hour turning to business. The Chinese mainland markets closed lower on Tuesday. Wang Ying has more.
9: A mainland stock's decline dragged down by semiconductor shares, while gaming stocks stabilized after a slew of companies announced a share buyback plans. The Shanghai Composite Index fell 0.68%, failing to keep the 2,900-point level, while the Shenzhen Component Index dropped 1%, erasing gains from the previous session as caution dominated sentiment amid a lack of market-moving cues. Semiconductor and information technology shares led the decline both down more than 2 percent as Hangzhou Changchuan technology lost 4 percent and site microelectronics dropped in nearly 5 percent. Investors also continued to assess the impact of new rules aimed at curbing money and time spent on video games. As regulators said on Saturday, they would make improvements to their guidelines after studying public views. At least eight China-listed gaming companies have announced share buyback plans worth as much as 780 million yuan in total to boost investor confidence and stabilize their share prices. Among them, Shanghai-listed GBits Network Technology Xiamen rose 2.2 percent after losing 13 percent over the previous two trading days. And despite the broad weak sentiment, coal and energy stocks closed up as investors showed a preference for high dividend and low valuation sectors.
1: That was Wang Ying in Shanghai. In Hong Kong, the HengSeng index is closed for Christmas holidays. In Japan, the Nikkei went up 0.2 percent. Chinese officials have hailed achievements in building a unified national market to inject vitality into the economy. Deputy Director Li Chunlin of the National Development and Reform Commission says efforts have been made to end local protectionism and unify a fragmented market.
8: Overall, accelerating the building of a unified national market has played a positive role in smoothing domestic circulation, stimulating market vitality, reducing transaction costs, releasing domestic demand potential, and
10: consolidating the foundation for economic recovery.
1: The official also says the new negative list for market access has been fully revised to grant market access to both domestic and foreign businesses and promote fair competition. China's foreign trade structure has been optimizing since the beginning of this year, with its exported products continuously moving up the value chain. In the first 11 months, the country exported over 1.8 trillion US dollars of mechanical and electrical products, up 2.8%. That's around 60% of the country's total export value. Currently, China has over 800 products that rank first in terms of export scale, such as mechanical and electrical equipment and organic chemicals. Meanwhile, China is seeking greater self-reliance when it comes to science and technology. The southern province of Guangdong is a hub for innovation. Huang Fei has more.
12: China is on course to sell 8.5 million electric vehicles this year, accounting for 60 percent of global sales. Sun Zhiqiang supplies industrial robots capable of assembling a new car in less than one minute. He sees growing demand for these robots to be installed overseas.
10: This year, we're starting to strategize more in the overseas market. As Chinese automakers start building factories overseas, our robots are following them. We already have operations in North America and Southeast Asia. As we pursue national development, we also share our solutions with the world.
12: In the field of biomedicine, Chinese companies are also increasingly competitive on the global stage. Biyu Yu specializes in 3D bioprinting, using cells and biomaterials to replicate natural tissues to help brain surgery patients. He says such products have broken a two-decade monopoly by one American firm. But he also believes more can be done to nurture the industry.
6: China is investing heavily in scientific research, but not enough ideas have made it to market. Our biomedicine supply chain still needs maturing. We lack behind in certain raw materials, parts and manufacturing expertise. In
12: 2023, the World Intellectual Property Organization selected three of China's science and technology clusters in the global top five. The Shenzhen-Hong Kong-Guangzhou cluster is a regional leader in terms of technology transfers. But now let's say building a world-leading innovation hub requires a shift in mindset.
6: The future lies in fundamental science, but businesses need to be profitable. Average manufacturers are reluctant to invest billions in digital transformation. It's more than just buying a new machine. A true digital revolution requires collaboration with digital tech companies.
12: Tech giants Huawei and Tencent, both native to Guangdong, are part of the national push for self-sufficiency amid U.S. export controls. That was Huang
1: Fei reporting. China has issued a plan to promote common prosperity through a better digital economy. The plan says by 2025, positive progress shall be made in closing the gaps between regions, urban and rural areas, as well as basic services through the development of digital economy. It says substantial progress will be achieved in promoting common prosperity through the digital economy by 2030. The plan has made arrangements on four key aspects including promoting coordinated regional development through digital economy and advancing digital development in the rural area. The Kazakh terminal project in Xi'an has started operation. Sun Yiming is the director of the Management Committee of Xi'an International Trade and Logistics Park. He says taking advantage of the China-Europe freight trains, the port will promote the rapid distribution of Chinese imports from and exports to Kazakhstan in
5: Xi'an. This year, we also launched the construction of the cooperation project of Xi'an Port in Almaty, Kazakhstan which will strongly promote the deep integration of Shanxi into the big picture of Belt and Road Cooperation and build a peace center in reform and opening up in the inland.
1: As one of the important cooperation results of the first China-Central Asia summit, the terminal started its construction in May this year. Chinese authorities have approved over 1,000 game licenses this year, more than double the approvals in 2022. Figures show nationwide sales of domestically developed games reached an equivalent of nearly 36 billion US dollars in 2023, up over 15%. Meanwhile, overseas sales of domestically developed games reached 16.3 billion dollars this year. 2023 has been an eventful year for the world of technologies. Mark New takes a look back at the highlights.
10: If there's one person who stirred up more emotion in the tech world this year than any other, it's Elon Musk. In his first year owning Twitter, Musk fired more than 80% of his staff, renamed the platform X, Made controversial posts that led him to being accused of anti Semitism and even challenged Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg to a cage match. But also during the year, Musk's SpaceX fired more rockets into space, including ones that helped launch thousands of Starlink satellites, which are bringing internet access to places like Ukraine and potentially Gaza. His company Tesla also delivered to customers the long awaited all electric Cybertruck, which can withstand bullets and go faster than a Porsche while towing a Porsche.
8: I think it's our best product. I think it's the most unique thing on the
10: road. And finally, the future will look like the future. This year, the future of driving was on full display in San Francisco, which became the first major U.S. city to allow two driverless robo-taxi services to operate 24-7. Self-driving taxis from Google's Waymo and GM's Cruise hit the streets, sometimes causing traffic jams when they shut down in uncharted situations. But after an incident where a cruise vehicle dragged a pedestrian six meters, California suspended cruise's permits. So we're saying if somebody dies or people are killed because these vehicles are blocking the road, are they gonna hold the executives personally responsible for the deaths of people because of these taxis?
8: The problem is if it's not done in San Francisco, it's gonna be done somewhere else. And this is the opportunity that we don't wanna lose.
10: Apple's big product reveal was actually a technology that's been seen plenty before, a VR headset called Vision Pro. Apple calls it spatial computing, incorporating cameras, microphones, and sensors to allow users to control the device by eye, gesture, and voice. But the experience comes at a premium price of $3,500, seven times more expensive than the Quest 3 mixed-reality headset released by Meta this year. The social media giant also unveiled Meta AI, an artificial intelligence-driven assistance that comes in a wide range of personalities to offer specialized expertise. Companies like Meta and Google all found themselves playing catch up with OpenAI, which hit the market first with its generative AI chatbot known as ChatGPT.
1: That was Mark Neal reporting. Ethiopia has defaulted on its debt, failing to make a 33 million US dollar interest payment due on de- December 11th. The default came into effect after Ethiopia opted not to make a payment within the grace period, which ended on Monday. Ethiopia's debt crisis revolves around a missed $33 million interest payment on a $1 billion bond issued in 2014. The East African country first requested debt relief under the G20 led initiative in early 2021. You're listening to the Beijing Hour. Coming up in sports, the Denver Nuggets beat the Warriors in Christmas Day games.
8: Sideline Story brings you all things sports related. The hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories, all with a very personal take. Subscribe to Sideline Story Podcast for heated sports discussions covering events that are happening in China and around the world.
1: It's 47 past the hour. Turning to sports, here's Yang Guang.
8: Thank you, Hongyu. In the NBA, Nikola Jokic overcame an off day from the field by going 18 free throws, and the Denver Nuggets extended their winning streak to five games by holding off the Warriors one 14 Jokic finished with 26 points despite making just four field goals. Golden State coach Steve Kerr wasn't happy about the calls, indicating defense doesn't get rewarded consistently enough in today's NBA.
10: I have no no problem with um, the officials themselves. Um, they're all across the league. We have really good officials. I have a problem with the way we're we are um, legislating defense out of the game. That's what we're doing in the NBA. The way we're teaching the officials, we're just enabling players to bs their way to the foul line um if i were a fan i wouldn't have wanted to watch the second half of that game it was disgusting you know just baiting refs into the calls but the refs have to make those calls because that's how they're taught
8: in other Christmas Day games, the Celtics rolled past LA Lakers 126-115, with all five starting players scoring at least 18 points, led by Kristaps Porzingis with 28. The New York Knicks snapped Milwaukee's seven-game winning streak, ending their lengthy skid against the Bucks with a 129-122 victory. Miami coach Eric Spoelstra kept his perfect record on Christmas Day with the ninth consecutive win as the Heat beat the Philadelphia 76ers 119. In CBA action, Swimming Hui posted a season high 40 points and 14 assists to help the Georgian Lions overturn the Shanghai Sharks 124 120 in overtime. Shanghai once enlarged their lead to 13 points in the fourth quarter, but Georgia managed to level the score in regulation with three point efforts. Sun made a key triple in the OT to seal the third straight victory for the Lions. And Elsewhere, seven Guangdong players posted double-digit points as the Southern Tigers crushed the Shenzhen won 120-93. In Beijing, Royal Fighters downed the Ningbo Rockets 98-96. Turning to football, Chinese Super League side Shanghai Shenhua has parted ways with title-winning coach Wu Jinggui. The 62 year old's contract expires this month, and Shenhua says it has no plan to extend it. Wu took charge of the Shanghai club in March last year and led the team to the Chinese FA Cup title. He had had four other spells with Shenhua before 2022. Shenhua has announced that former Russian national team head coach Leonid Slusky will replace Wu. Slusky had led Siska Moscow to the UEFA Champions League last date and taken Russia to the Euro 2016 finals. Tanzania was one of three Eastern African countries awarded hosting rights for the 2027 Africa Cup of Nations in September. The success of the joint bid with Kenya and Uganda was one of the biggest stories of the year in the country. Analysts now say the event will do a lot more than giving Tanzania an opportunity to raise its profile and earn tourist dollars. Isaac Lukendo spoke to football editor Dixon Jackson on this. Tanzania,
3: Kenya and Uganda have four years to prepare for the jointly hosted 2027 Africa Cup of Nations finals. Besides contributing three world-class stadiums for the tournament, Tanzania also brings experience in running football at a high level to the table.
5: When you look at the other leagues, apart from South Africa, apart from the Egyptian League, I think we are one of the league that pays well. We have a lot of We have a broadcasting now, our merch has been televised everywhere in the country, even in Africa. So you can see, we're in that position now, you can consider this is a very serious country when it comes to sports.
3: The governments of Tanzania, Kenya and Uganda have already started discussion on the cost of staging the tournament and other key items such as marketing, branding and security. To get the go-ahead to stage the tournament, the three co-hosts must place about $30 million each with the Confederation of African Football by 2025 as a financial guarantee. For Tanzania, winning the rights to host the 2027 Africa Cup of Nations alongside its neighbours is not just a major achievement and a boost for the nation's pride. It also opens up a new realm of possibility for the country's national team, Taifa Stars, which is yet to make an appearance at the World Cup. The major concern among local fans is the performance of the national team
5: in the competition. It's impossible for us to win, but I can rule out that we can't win, but we, we need to go there to learn. I think that's what the government thinking. We need to learn, TFF thinking, we need to learn, everyone thinking this is a good opportunity for us to learn and to grow as a country, as these football clubs now, they're paying these players, foreigners. We need to have a lot of Tanzanian players, also to play outside, who plays here, get paid well. It's gonna help us in many ways. Tanzania
3: has the only caf approved stadium so far among the 2027 Afghan co-hosts and recently hosted the inaugural African Football League. Because of this, local analysts expect the opening and closing matches of the tournament to be played in the country. They hope that along with an economic boost the tournament will bring greater growth for football
8: in Tanzania and the East African region at large. That was Isaac Lucando in Tanzania. And finally, in tennis, Naomi Osaka has arrived in Australia as she re- prepares to return to the court at the Brisbane International. The Japanese former World number 1 is set to make her tennis comeback in Brisbane after a year off to give birth to her first child. Osaka announced days before last year's Australian Open that she was pregnant and was taking a hiatus from the sport. The four-time Grand Slam winner is part of star-studied Brisbane International Women's draw that also includes defending Australian Open champion Arena Sabalenka, as well as Carolina Priskova, Victoria Azarenka and Madison Keys. The Brisbane International Men's event is headlined by Rafael Nadal's return to the quarter after recovering from injury.
1: Thank you very much. That was Yang Guang with sports. Coming up in Culture and Entertainment, artworks made of soil on display in Shanghai.
6: The Beijing Hour.
11: Hello, I'm Peter Dinklage from X Men Days of Future Past. You are listening to the Beijing Hour.
15: Hi, I'm Kathy Freeman, and you're listening
11: to the Beijing Hour. Hi, everyone. I'm Long Long. Welcome to the Beijing Hour.
8: The Beijing Hour, your window to China and the world.
1: It's 54 minutes past the hour, turning to culture and entertainment. More than 100 works of art made with 20 tons of soil are on display at the Pearl Art Museum in Shanghai. Zhang Yue met several of the artists and the exhibition to learn about their inspiration.
13: Tsukisaki Haruna has spent long periods in the deep forests of Japan and India, collecting soil, transforming it into dyes and paints for fabrics, rocks, and houses, digging out the soil, pulverizing it, and mixing it with glue to make paints. It's a time-consuming process, but the artist said it makes her think about how human beings used to be when people were living closer to nature.
12: Once upon a time, all pigments were natural, such as soil and ink. I have been trying to depict the sea and mountains, focusing on the vitality of nature and expressing powerful vitality of life.
13: 200 bottles filled with various colors of soil were collected from various parts of the country. Chinese medicinal herbs such as turmeric, ginger, and angelica can be seen hanging on the wall in this installation, created by So Wing Po from Hong Kong SAR. She comes from a family of traditional Chinese medicine practitioners.
9: I grew up surrounded by the scents and ingredients of traditional Chinese medicine. I hope people can imagine the growth and intertwined root systems of
16: medicinal herbs in the soil as they walk through this installation.
13: The exhibition includes installations, specimens, experiments, videos, paintings, and interactive experiences. The museum said sustainable development and biodiversity are what many artists are trying to focus on, as they are relevant to every human being.
5: For designers, artists, architects, urban planners, or art gallery curators like us, we try to take one step forward from our professional fields. We not only raise questions, but also explore and try to find common solutions or more possibilities together.
13: The exhibition will last until March 17th of next year. That was Zhang Yue on an art show of
1: soil-made works in Shanghai. An exhibition of fine glassware from the Qing Dynasty collected by the Palace Museum is on display at the Guardian Art Center in Beijing. More than 120 sets of artifacts are on exhibition, providing an overview of their color, shape, decoration, craftsmanship, and use in court life. The history of glass production in China can be traced back to more than 2,300 years ago. Ancient Chinese glass production reached its peak during China's last dynasty, Qing, when advanced glass technology from Europe and traditional designs merged. Still in China, the city of Chifeng in Inner Mongolia is celebrating the the ethnic Mongolian festival of Winter Nadam Fair amid the spectacular scenery of snow and ice blanketing the region. Nadam means Games in Mongolian, and the fair lived up to its name by featuring a combination of sports competitions, cultural performances and festivities. The month long event has attracted more than 200 photographers from across the country to gather at the silvery grassland, enjoying the local folk culture. Gong Yachun is
5: from Shanghai. First of all, the scenery of Ram Ice is wonderful. Secondly, the weather is really nice. I think this world of ice and snow has fully showcased the amazing winter scenery of Ulan Bhutan.
1: From January to November, Chifeng received over 22 million tourist visits, up 44% over a year ago. Now it's about 58 minutes past the hour. Before we go, let's check the weather again. Beijing is minus 8 this evening. Wednesday will be cloudy with a high of 3. Chongqing is 7 tonight, tomorrow overcast and 15. Lhasa is minus 4 overnight, tomorrow sunny and 8. Hong Kong is 14 tonight and it'll be cloudy and 20 tomorrow. Elsewhere, Tokyo is 4 overnight, cloudy and 14 on Wednesday. Islamabad is 7 this evening, tomorrow sunny and 25. Bangkok is 22 overnight, then overcast and 31 on Wednesday. In Africa, Nairobi will see light rain with a high of 26 tomorrow. Finally, to Oceania, Sydney will see light rain with a low of 19 this evening. Tomorrow, also light rain with a high of 25. That's it for this edition of the Beijing Hour. Making news today, the Israeli War Cabinet is discussing the hostage situation. Demonstrators are back to the streets of Belgrade against the alleged election fraud in Serbia. On behalf of the staff, this is Dohung Hongyu in the Chinese capital, hoping you'll join us for the next edition of the Beijing Hour and open a window to the world together.